Chapter 2 of St. Bonaventure's Life of Our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ by St. Bonaventure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 Of the Life of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Her Seven Petitions to God. The Life of the Blessed Virgin, from whom the Son of God took flesh, will afford our devotion ample matter for meditation. You are then to know, Christian reader, that at the third year of her age she was presented in the temple a sacrifice to God, and there remained to the age of fourteen. What was her method of life in that holy sanctuary during that space of time, we may learn from the revelations with which she favoured a devout votary of hers, who, as it is believed, was the glorious St. Elizabeth, whose solemn festival the Church annually celebrates. Among the rest, the following particulars are contained. When my parents, says our Blessed Lady, had consecrated me in the temple, immediately on their departure I resolved in my own heart to choose God for my Father, and often and devoutly considering what I might do to please God, and render myself agreeable in his sight that he might vouchsafe to enrich me with his grace i began by taking care to be instructed in the divine laws but of all the divine laws which i observed in my heart these three were the first and chief thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy spirit with all thy strength Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt not hate thy enemy. These I kept in my mind, and immediately possessed all the virtues comprised in them, and thus will I have you to do. But the soul can possess no virtue that has not a cordial love for God, for it is from this love that flows the plenitude of all grace, without which no virtue can enter into or remain in the soul, but drops away like water, unless due hatred be conceived towards its enemies, that is, vice and evil habits. Whoever, therefore, is desirous of possessing the grace of God must dispose his heart to love and hatred. I would have you, therefore, to follow my example, and do as I did. I rose constantly at midnight, and before the holy altar of the temple, with all the desire, will, and affection I was capable of, I implored the grace of the Almighty God to observe these three great commandments chiefly, and every other precept of His law. And thus, before the sacred altar, I made the following seven petitions. I requested, then, First, his grace, to fulfill the precept of charity, that is, to love him with all my heart, etc. Secondly, the grace necessary to love my neighbor according to his will and pleasure, and to delight in all things that please him. Thirdly, his assistance to hate and shun everything displeasing to him. Fourthly, humility, patience, benignity, and meekness, 
and every virtue that could render me agreeable in his sight fifthly that he would make known to me the time in which that ever-blessed virgin should be born who was to bring forth the son of god and that he would preserve my sight that i might behold her my tongue that i might praise her my hands that i might minister to her my feet that i might move in her service and my knees that i might adore the son of god in her womb sixthly i implored his grace to obey the precepts and direction of the priests of the temple and seventhly that he would vouchsafe to preserve the temple and people in his holy service the servant of christ when she heard this said o most amiable lady were you not full of grace and every virtue yes answered the blessed virgin yet know for certain that i thought myself as void of merit as full of guilt and as unworthy god's favour as you for which reason i continued thus praying for grace and virtue but although you may imagine me to have possessed all the grace i was endowed with with little or no pains yet be assured that i received no one grace gift or virtue from heaven without immense labour incessant prayer fervent desires profound devotion many tears and much affliction ever saying and thinking to the best of my knowledge and power what was most agreeable to him nor did i receive any blessings from heaven without all this except the sanctifying grace by which i was made holy in the womb of my mother know also adds she that no grace descends into the soul but by means of prayer and mortification however when once we pay to god all the little services in our power though they are but few they are of such efficacy as to attract the almighty himself into the soul and with him some of his choicest gifts insomuch that the soul seems in a sublime measure to be carried out of itself and forgets ever having done or even said anything pleasing to heaven becoming more unworthy and contemptible in its own esteem than ever thus much may we gather from the above-mentioned revelations st jerome however in the account he gives of her life adds that it was the constant method of the blessed virgin to continue fixed in prayer from the morning to the third hour from the third hour to the ninth she employed herself in manual exercises at the ninth she again returned to prayer nor suffered anything to interrupt her devotions till called upon by the angel who attended her to receive her usual necessary refection and even then from his celestial converse she improved in the love and service of her beloved master she was ever found the first at the sacred vigils and watches of the temple the most versed in the knowledge of the divine laws the most profoundly practised in true humility the most ready and harmonious in the royal psalmist's divine canticles the most illustrious in charity the most innocently pure 
and the most perfect in every virtue. She was immovably constant in goodness, yet was never seen or heard to be morose or peevish at the failings of her companions who were less perfect. Her every word had in it such a singular plenitude of grace that something divine appeared in all she said. She diligently persevered in prayer and the study of God's laws, and ever watched over the conduct of her companions, that none of them might exceed in speech, or break out into inordinate mirth, or disgust each other by pride or offensive behavior. She was ever intent on praising God, and, lest the greetings which neighborly charity obliged her to use towards those of her own station, should in the least diminish the praise due to God, her perpetual form of salutation was, Thanks be to God. Hence the laudable custom of holy men in saluting each other to say, Thanks be to God. The food administered to her by the hands of the angel served her for her own support, and she bestowed on the poor the portions allotted to her by the priests of the temple. The angel was seen daily conversing with her and obeying her as if she was his beloved sister or mother. Thus far St. Jerome. In the fourteenth year of her age, the Blessed Virgin was espoused to St. Joseph by divine appointment revealed to her parents, and then she returned to Nazareth, concerning which you may see the particular circumstances in the legend of her birth. Such are the subjects proper to meditate on which happened before the Incarnation. Consider them well, and take pleasure in the contemplation of them, committing them to your memory with the utmost affection, and practice them with all diligence as matters of the sublimest devotion. But let us now proceed to the Incarnation. End of chapter 2